The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky thing. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a veteran of print journalism, network television, and public relations, which he skewers completely in a new book called, and I have to clean this up for radio a little bit, F Off Chloe, Surviving the OMGs and F. FMLs in Your Media Career by first-time author Jeremy Murphy. Hey, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. Now, it feels funny, given the career that you've had, to refer to you as a first-time author. Um, yeah, I've never written a book before. I uh, I started off as a journalist but night writer, as a, a newspaper reporter. I was an editor-in-chief of a CBS television magazine and a trade reporter. Um, I do freelance writing, but I've never written a book. This is my first one. And what prompted you to write this book? Had you just had it with with um, Twitter? No, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it's an accidental book. Um, I'm part of this uh, Facebook community uh it's called prs ours and it's a, it's a private group of about twenty thousand pr people uh media relations marketing and i just one night i just started posting things that uh, i find incredibly annoying about media and it really struck a chord with people and so there were a lot of comments and likes and i just started doing it and someone said you should write a book And kind of in jest, I was like, I should write a book. And then a gossip site saw it and reported I was writing a book. 
And then three days later, uh, the New York Post, page six, wrote that I was writing the book. And <laughs> I, I had an offer that day. Oh, that is so funny because so many people, they write their first book and they shop it around and shop it around and shop it around and often end up publishing it themselves and, and try and build up enough sales to get the attention of a of a bigger distributor. But um, but that's, that's funny how that came about. But what's interesting to me is um, just the fact that that these observations you made got the kind of attention and reaction that it did get because I've um I've been watching media for a long time and and you've worked in all aspects of media and and it just seems like it can't go downhill fast enough. You're absolutely right. You know, there's a lot of things going on right now. Um ironically at a time where People are consuming more media than ever. If you think of the amount of time you're on your phone, you're watching TV, you're streaming, we are consuming so much of it. But it's such a dangerous time because there are a lot of things going on. Um, one, everything's fragmented. We're not all watching the same thing at once, you know, uh, and that communal experience is missing. When I was a kid, it was the Cosby show. You watched you watch the Cosby show, and then the next day, everybody talked about it. You all watch the same thing at the same time. Same with Mad Men. And no one does that anymore. Um, you, you also have people who are watching, uh, getting news from uh, platforms or organizations that uh, tell them what they want to hear. So if you're conservative, you watch Fox News. If, if you're more liberal, you watch MSNBC or whatever. And the problem with that is you're supposed to get everything. Like when I was a kid, it was we watched Tom Brokaw, and it was like eating a balanced meal, right? You had your meat, you had your potatoes, you had your carrots, you had your dessert. You got everything you needed to get, and now you can just decide what you want. So it's like a kid eating just dessert. Um, and then the third thing is social media, um, which is just, insidious and it's really polluting um media because it's disinformation it's having an agenda and you know the the legitimate news sources that i still think are legitimate um you know are being vilified so there's so many things going on and then also one thing i poke fun at is the wokeism and uh, <laughs> toxic political correctness that you're not allowed to have an argument anymore. You're not allowed to have a disagreement. What, like, if you disagree with something, now there's a moral judgment. You know, oh, you disagree with me. Now that you're because because you disagree with me. Well, yeah. What and I what I say, you know, or what I've been seeing, especially in social media, is, um, you know, if somebody doesn't agree with somebody, they say, um, you know, you don't agree with me, and you're a moron. Yep. Yeah. There's a there's a, a moral judgment now, and uh, either you're stupid, you're a racist, you're um, you're insensitive, you're sexist, you're like, you know, it used to be you know, we would say let's agree to disagree. You know, that's your judgment. This is my judgment. There was no moral uh, judgment. Uh, you know, if you had an opinion, it wasn't because you were a bad person. You just had an opinion. And now 
it's like, you know, we're in cancel culture. Um, and, you know, I'm a liberal, and this, this culture is really sending me and a lot of my friends uh, to, to the center. Um, and I even have one friend who's gone right because it's really um, destroying our culture, and it's really suffocated debate and creativity and original thinking. And now there's one script that a very small group of people are writing and we're supposed to just read the line. It, it strikes me, it was interesting, uh, Jeremy, that you mentioned, of course, Fox News on the right and MSNBC on the left. And for years, I counted on CNN to hold down the center. And, and then they just sort of took a left turn at Albuquerque. Yeah, you know, CNN, um, I don't watch, um, you know, I, I am an MSNBC person because I do feel that NBC News is still very, uh, you know, uh, fair-minded. And then, you know, they get more opinion, uh, you know, in the evening with Rachel and, and you know, that's kind of like the Fox News blueprint. Um, CNN, I think they're really good at breaking news. I, I still feel like that's in their DNA that you get, like, straight news, but, you know, when there's not something going on and, 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 and these news channels have to fill airtime, I think that's when you hear some of the, the political bias and um, people's agenda come out. Well, what's uh, even worse, Jeremy, is a lot of times, and, and CNN is, as you say, the, the, the go-to place for breaking news, Although I'm tired of seeing the phrase "breaking news" because it's still <laughs> yeah. it's still breaking news four days later. But, exactly. But the thing is, is that they're they're so anxious, and social media has amplified this in being first that yep. they're not as concerned with being right. And and an example of that came in an interview I did with an FBI profiler from Quantico who who teaches uh, at Quantico now, and uh, uh, Mary Ellen O'Toole. And she told me, and I've been watching this very closely ever since, because it's been three or four years since she made these uh, comments on my show, that the first reports of a news event, uh, you know, a school shooting, um, a bombing somewhere, um, you know, any, any of those... All of a sudden, it's all over the news. She said those first reports are always wrong. Yep. And they 100%. are always wrong. They, they've got the wrong number of people. They've got the wrong style weapons. You know, they've got all this stuff because they rushed to get on the air. Yeah, everybody wants to be first. And, um, you know, it's... and and. It, you really have to, you know, I was a newspaper reporter and, um, you know, you had to get your facts straight, you know, granted it was overnight, you know, we were racing on air, but yeah, this race to be first versus correct is, it's really, uh, changed, you know, it was, it was always like, you know, you, you, uh, growing up, you know, we didn't have the. We didn't have the 24-hour news cycle, and now it's a 24-second news cycle. It's more important to get it up first than to be right. And I think that's, you know, one of the uh, examples is those kids uh, at the, uh, um, in Washington where 
someone took a photo and it looked like that they were confronting um, a group of, I think, American Indians, and it turned out it was the other way around. And um, the kids wound up hiring a lawyer and getting millions of dollars from these news organizations because they just went with what was sexy and who can get it first. And it's it's really sad. It is sad. And I I don't know about you, but I blame it on niche marketing. I think it's an unintended consequence of niche marketing that we've ended up in such a divisive place where certain media appeals to certain demographics. Oh, 100%. I mean, that was kind of the, the, um, you know, when Fox News was started, you know, Rupert Murdoch wanted to start a cable news network. And the original uh, blueprint was, you know, CNN or uh, MSNBC, you know, uh, 24-hour news, breaking news, kind of taking the Fox model, you know, uh, the graphics and the, and, and, and the hysteria of breaking news. And then uh, Roger Ailes said, no, no, no. There's a segment of the population that doesn't trust media. Let's market to them. And they purposely went after conservatives, more traditional viewers who didn't like the culture. And that was really niche marketing. And a lot of news networks saw how successful that was and kind of started... Um, targeting more niche demos themselves. So, um, yeah, I mean, you really, every every news organization is really um, marketed very, you know, uh, tightly to a certain demographic. And I don't, I don't like that. More with media veteran Jeremy Murphy. Straight <laughs>
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi. .gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. More with media veteran Jeremy Murphy straight ahead. I've been really disappointed in, uh, you know, the original big three with ABC, CBS, and NBC, because as they put together their, quote, news panels and even their news coverage, they're not interviewing the people that are making the news as much as they are interviewing each other. Yep. Yeah, they're they're interviewing themselves. Yeah, uh, they they send somebody like if they have somebody, you know, working uh, you know on the front lawn at the White House, and they're covering some story about the White House. You don't see any White House insiders. You see one of their network reporters, a correspondent, and the anchor is interviewing the correspondent. And we're not seeing the behind the scenes stuff anymore. It's all it's all headline news and and yep. and like you say with the with the story of the uh uh Native Americans and and the um uh kid that was supposed to be hassling them and and that being turned around. It's whatever whatever looks good, whatever gets the most clicks. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think there's a lot of uh things to, to unpack there. Um, one is, you know, a lot of government officials don't want to go on the record anymore. They're, they're afraid. So um, they, uh, they tend to tell these reporters things on background or um, not for attribution. I mean, there's so many uh, levels of talking to a reporter now. And so the reporters are, are left having to basically paraphrase or reiterate what their source told them. Um, and so they can say what they've learned, but not how they learned it. And that's not exactly new, Jeremy. I remember, uh, you know, reading about, uh, um, some of the stories that, uh, Woodward and Bernstein did during the, the Watergate era where nobody would go on the record and their editors insisted that they get two unnamed sources not just yep. one. Yep. Um, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, there are still news organizations that um, uh, adhere to that. You know, the Washington Post still does that. The New York Times, for the most part. Um, you know, a lot of times they don't tell you how many sources they had. Um, and that's always a problem. You know, I, I still think, you know, having worked in traditional media, and having seen the layer, the layers of uh, fact checking, and you know what it takes to get on the air. I remember when I was a, a student, I interned at NBC News at Dateline, and I could not believe the level of scrutiny that they gave to anything that went on air. And that was a while ago, so I don't know if that's still the same. But you know, more legitimate news organizations, I still think that there is a level, a layer of checking and uh, confirmations, but that goes away. Like, you know, like you said, breaking news, people just say what they think happened, early reports, um, and a lot of times it's not true. So, you know, it definitely is a problem, and I think it really uh, goes down to understanding what you're consuming. And, you know, I love the BBC because I think that's the most straight... um, no spin, uh, you know, they just give you the news. Um, 
It feels and, like know, the just, news I remember when I was younger and, and starting out watching television news with people like yep. Walter Cronkite and Hunt and Br- Huntley Brinkley. and. Oh, yeah. If Walter Cronkite said it, it was true. Um, and yeah, it was. I mean, you know, they um, that was the, the news broadcast of record. And, you know, same with the New York Times. You know, it, that was... Um, you know, if you had an argument with someone and it was in the New York Times, well, that was that was the end. You know, they were right. Um, but one of the other things is, you know, on social media and in politics, they've really um, bastardized media, certain media that half the audience or half the public doesn't believe it. They think it's all lies. They think it's spin. And so where do we go for objective, just straight reporting? And and how do we convince people who don't even believe in science that that there are people with expertise whose whose words matter? Yeah, and that's a you know we we um, you know that's an, a new thing too um, you know uh, doubting science and I never saw that you know growing up you know if if the government said something. Um, if, you know, if the CDC or um, the, the National Health Organization or the world, if they said something, we believed it, you know, because these are uh, government institutions, you know. Jeremy, when I was a kid, I got one of the Salk vaccines, the sugar cubes, at school. Right. In school. Can you imagine if they were trying to give out COVID-19 vaccines in school, the reaction. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean it's yeah, and it's funny because you know we didn't even get into school if you didn't have your polio vaccine, and they wouldn't even let you in. Like you could not get registered. And now we're you know people are are protesting that their kid has to wear a mask, and they don't want to get um, you know uh, the vaccine because it infringes on their rights and. It's crazy, and I think a lot of it is, you know, there was this one, uh, and, and it's exactly what you talked about, Niche. You know, a political party found this audience that are anti-vaxxers. They don't believe in any of this, and they kind of latched on to them um, as, part of, as part of their niche, as part of their party. And so now, you know, I think most Republicans are, are, are you know, good people, they're fair-minded, but you have this element in the party that has just embraced these crazy people and have, has given them legitimacy. And that just never happened before. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Well, and that's, and that's what becomes really problematic because as this, um, as this culture proliferates, you have people in in high ranking positions in in government agencies and elected officials um, making outrageous comments what What can the news do about that? You know if they're covering news and the president says something like, "You know why don't we uh why don't we try bleach that disinfects everything?" You have to cover it, 
Or do, do, or do you? You do because it's something a government official says, but I, one of the things that you saw for the very first time was when Trump got into office, he would say stuff, and you saw the, the Post and the New York Times would say, uh, President Trump falsely said today, or incorrectly said today, or knowingly, they never used the word lied, um, but they would say falsely, and that never happened. Like you, no, you know, and, and you know what happened, at least as I was reading it, and it's really troubling to me when I read something from what I consider to be a credible source, like like the Post or the Times, and they say one of those things, they're being pulled down the rabbit hole. Because yeah. now they're adding a spin to the reporting of that story. Yeah, at, at, at some point, like, you, I almost feel like you have to, because A, you have to report on this man. He's the president. He's the leader of the free world. What the president says matters, but you can't just print what he says if it, you know it's not true. And so at some point, but that's to, but that's But that's when you, you know, dig out the Rolodex. You would, Jeremy, and I, I'd right. like to think I would. And and look for an expert who could refute that and include right. that in the article rather than I make the judgment that the president falsely claimed something. Well, and I think that goes to your point about wanting to be first because, you know, it came fast and furious with Trump. And it was almost like you couldn't keep up with him because he would just say this stuff and you have to get it out there. Uh, you know it's not true, but you don't have time, you know, uh, to get, you know, uh, officials on record to say that's not true. And so how do you do that? You know, you're covering breaking news. You're covering this man just just walking through his teeth about very serious stuff. And you have to report it. Um, and, you know, some of it's breaking news. But, you know... They don't have time. Like, you know, you know it's a lie, but, you know, getting someone, I mean, as a reporter, having done this, you know, getting someone on record to refute something, it's hard work, <laughs> you know, because people don't want to put their name out there, you know, especially uh, with the Trump administration, because they would retaliate and they would fire people if you contradicted him. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of elements that go into there, and, and I think you just saw news organizations really that okay how do we how do we report this um accurately and timely and i think that was kind of the the struggle there now the book f off chloe surviving the omgs and fmls in your media career um is there, in fact, um, or advice and are there, in fact, practical guides for media professionals to try to keep from getting pulled down that hole? Yes. I mean, it's, it's written in jest. It's a humor book. Of course. But the idea is, um, you know, in media, uh, what there's this now, and I always laugh about um especially in PR, where you get these um, 
there are people who, who, who don't know how to write. And, you know, when I was going into PR, that was your main qualification. And to this day, I have PR firms outsourcing uh, writing to me because their own people can't write. I remember and, once applying for a PR job and got a rejection uh, form letter. Uh-huh. It was a postcard. I know you would appreciate that the way I did. Now, this was a long time ago, too. I mean, this was 30-plus years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's, um, you know, I used the word Chloe because I wanted a word that really uh, embodied this new breed of, you know, uh, and I don't want to use the word millennial because, you know, that's a little cliche, but um, I did use it but um you know there's a certain generation of people who have entered media and the problem is they have too much confidence well and and they've been around for two or three or well at least two or three generations i remember calling them valley girls yeah exactly and the problem is that these people no one told like you know they're raised to believe that they're a superstar you know the parents told them you're the best you're very special uh you can do nothing wrong everything you say deserves an audience and they really believe that and so then they come into the workforce and they want a trophy for showing up yeah everybody gets a blue ribbon yep and because they've never been told differently everything they've been told is i'm special i'm a star um and that is this ethos that has come into media and you know whereas someone like me you know i learned the hard way i you know it was sink or swim um so people like me are having to deal with i call them chloe's because for some reason when i was writing this i said you know what they all seem to be named chloe (laughs) (laughs) but 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 why um why the title f off chloe um it, it seems like it would be tough to get people to talk about it just because there are still some of us that uh you know guard what we say well uh so it was kind of in jeff so uh, i i had written um for for another firm that outsourced something to me they, they wanted me to do a whole pr strategy so i did it it wasn't long but it was very in-depth and i around and this little girl not little girl a young woman named chloe she replied and she put tldr haha and i was like wait what (laughs) and i had to look it up on google and you know what that means too long didn't read (laughs) and i was like wait what literally she replied back to my very well put together strategy haha too long didn't read and her name was chloe so, oh, that's funny. I like Jeff. They said, "F off, Chloe." <laughs> <laughs> well, that that and, fits. Yeah, and that kind of like you know became when I was making these lists. That was kind of like the one thing that everybody thought was really funny. So when I started the book, I was like, "That's a great headline." Um, so the book is really a humor book, and a, and part of it is the generational divide of you know people like me who have. Um, worked hard, you know, uh, we started at the bottom, we paid our dues, you know, we started a cubicle and we worked our way up to the office and now you get, you know, this new breed of young people who have never been told 
anything but they're amazing and they're special. And they come in and they want they want your office. And they want to raise, you know, for making a copy. And so there's a lot of humor in that. And the other thing I, I, I really, really go after is um, this, this incessant need for adding technology and platforms to do your job. And, you know, if I see another Google share drop Insta, <laughs> Slack, Zoom, Pal, it, it's literally, it's like, can I just do my job? Um, you know, like I had one firm send me a tracker, a color coded tracker. It was an Excel Google doc shared something and you had to color code it and you had to put in, you know, who you talk to and all the information. And then another field, the conversation, you basically had to say, you know, what you talked about and it was cumbersome. And I'm like, really, do you, how about I just, I don't know pitch these, call these journalists and, 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 and get them to write about our clients instead of spending all day updating this thing. And so you have another thing. You have the, the young people who are very officious and all they want is uh, admin stuff and track changes and shared access drives. And people like me, we're, we're just going nuts. You know, it's funny. One of the things you have some some different uh, uh, highlights from the book in a release I'm looking at, and one of them is your media survival kit. And I, I just want to share that real quickly um, because I've already started filling it. Um, three phones, two chargers, polygraph machine, Xanax, flask filled with something premium air horn, disguise, directions to a safe house, barf bag, a Chloe to English dictionary, and a rubber chicken, just because. And I have had a rubber chicken in every office I have worked in my entire career. <laughs> I love that. Just to remind myself and anyone who I come in contact with to have a sense of humor. And no one does. No one has a sense of humor anymore. It, it and, sure seems like it, Jeremy. Oh yeah. But I'm glad that you do, and and I'm I'm glad for this book. And if you had media survival kits uh, online for purchase, I would probably be looking for one. Um, but there are a number of other great things like this in the book. And again, the book is called "F Off Chloe: Surviving the OMGs and FMLs in Your Media Career," and. Uh, the the author is a uh, veteran of print journalism, network television, and public relations, uh, Jeremy uh, Murphy. And I've been talking with Jeremy, and this is such a fascinating conversation, and 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 one that that I've had with other people who work in in media. Um, that I can't believe how fast the time has gone. Uh, Jeremy, we're going to have to kind of wrap it up there, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about, more about you and your work, past, present, and future, and, of course, more about the book. So uh, the book is on Amazon, uh, amazon.com. You just put in uh, F off Chloe. Um, it's uh, Simon and 
Um, I run a company called 360 Bespoke, uh, which is a PR uh, marketing branding company. Um, that you know, it's it's my company. I started five years ago. Um, yeah, and everything is on there, and uh, I hope people read it and enjoy it and laugh. It's a, it, it, it's it's meant for laughter. It's humor. Um, I'm not, you know, uh, curing cancer, um, and it's not a serious analytical study about media. It's just a funny, observational, anti-woke, um, you know, uh, politically incorrect, but funny look at media and, and what we see every day. Well, I, and I've been looking at things sideways like this, uh, Jeremy, since the first time I saw LOL. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Anytime I see that, I, I I literally go on Google to find out what it means because, um, you know, I guess uh, these things go over my head. So, um, you know, and and all my friends seem to speak in in, in these uh, what do they call it language, uh, or uh, I don't even know what it's called. But I'm literally <laughs> on Google five times a day trying to figure out what people are actually saying. <laughs> well, Jeremy, this is this has been really fun, and we've only just scratched the surface. And I appreciate you sharing uh, um, some of your thoughts and your time with me and the listeners today. Thank you for having me, and keep up the good work. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Again, that was Jeremy uh, Murphy, a veteran of print journalism, network television, and public relations, and the author of F Off Chloe, uh, Surviving the OMGs and FMLs in Your Media Career. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. TomSumnerProgram.com Tom Sumner Program dot com And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now.
and now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org.
the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Uh, I'd like to have an argument, please. Certainly, sir. Have you been here before? No, I haven't. This is my first time. I see. Well, do you want to have just one argument, or were you thinking of taking a course? Well, what is the cost? Well, it's one pound for a five-minute argument, but only eight pounds for a course of ten. Well, I think it would be best if I perhaps started off with just the one and then see how it goes. Fine. Well, I'll see who's free at the moment. Uh, Mr. DeBakey's free, but he's a little bit conciliatory. Ah, yes. Try Mr. Barnard, room 12. Thank you. What do you want? Well, I was told outside that... Don't give me that, you snotty-faced heap of parrot droppings. What? Shut your festering gob, you tit. Your type really makes me puke, you vacuous, coffee-nosed, malodorous pervert. Look, I came here for an argument. I'm not going to just... Oh, oh, I'm sorry, but this is abuse. Oh, I see. Well, that explains... Oh, yes. You want room 12A, just along the corridor. Oh, thank you very much. Sorry. Not at all. Thank you. Stupid git. Come in. Uh, is this the right room for an argument? I've told you once. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Just now. No, you didn't. I did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. I'm telling you I did. You did not. Oh, I'm sorry, just one moment. Um, is this a five-minute argument or the full half hour? Oh, just the uh, five minutes. Ah, thank you. Anyway, I did. You most certainly did not. Look, let's get this thing clear. I quite definitely told you. No, you did not. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You didn't. Did. Well, look, this isn't an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's just contradiction. No, it isn't. It is. It is not. Look, you just contradicted me. I did not. Oh, you did. No, no, no. You did just then. Nonsense. Oh, this is futile. No, it isn't. I came here for a good argument. No, you didn't. No, you came here for an argument. Well, an argument isn't just contradiction. Can be? No, it can't. An argument is a connected series of statements intended to establish a proposition. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It's not just contradiction. Look, if I argue with you, I must take up a contrary position. Yes, but that's not just saying, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Argument is an intellectual process. Contradiction is just the automatic gainsaying of any statement the other person makes. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Not at all. No, no. Good morning. What? That's it. Good morning. I was just getting interested. Sorry, five minutes is up. That was never five minutes. I'm afraid it was. It wasn't. I'm sorry, but I'm not allowed to argue anymore. What? If you want me to go on arguing, I'll have to pay for another five minutes. Yes, but that was never five minutes just now. Oh, come on. Look, this is ridiculous. I'm sorry, but I'm not allowed to argue unless you've paid. Oh, all right. Thank you. Well? Well, what? That wasn't really five minutes just now. I told you, I'm not allowed to argue unless you've paid. I just paid. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. Uh, look, I don't want to argue about it. Well, that. you didn't pay. Aha. If I didn't pay, why are you arguing? I've got you. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. If you're arguing, I must have paid. Not necessarily. I could be arguing in my spare time. Oh, I've had enough of this. No, you haven't. Oh, shut up. I want to complain. You want to complain? Look at these shoes. I've only had them three weeks and the heels are worn right through. No, I want to complain If about... you complain, nothing happens. You might as well not bother. Oh. And my back hurts and when I'm in a fine day and I'm sick and tired of this office. 
Hello, I want to... Oh! No, no, no. Hold your head like this. There you go. Wow. Try it again. Oh! Better, better, but wow, wow. Put your hand there. No. Now. Wow! Good, good, that's it. Stop hitting me. What? Stop hitting me. Stop hitting you? Yes. Why did you come in here then? I wanted to complain. Oh, no, that's next door. It's being hit on the head lessons in here. What a stupid concept. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
интересными. it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program and an interesting one to be to be sure uh, during this last hour talking with uh, Jeremy Murphy the author of F off Chloe to uh, skewer millennials media wokeism etc uh, funny book and uh, and a sharp guy um, well versed in uh, in media and uh, before that talking about the um, 20th anniversary of the Genesee Health Plan with uh, Yvonne Lewis and the winners of the 6th Annual Health Heritage Essay and Scholarship Contest. Those uh, awards will be uh, presented at their 20th anniversary uh, dinner coming up September 17th. You can find out more about that from uh, Genesee Health Plan. Anyway, thanks to uh, Yvonne Lewis from Genesee Health Plan. And uh, we started off this morning talking about after-school programs with um, After School Alliance Executive Director Jody Grant and the chair of the Overdeck Family Foundation and founder and president of Bedtime Math, Laura Overdeck. Tomorrow we're kicking off the show with a uh, visit with Michigan Supreme Court Justice Richard Bernstein. That'll be followed by our weekly roundtable, Armchair Politics, because if it's Wednesday, we do armchair politics. Anyway, that's Smoking George Winters tickling the ivories, letting me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room. I'll be back tomorrow, folks. In the meantime, good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.